as we were worshiping here at the end, the Lord just reminded me of that the story in the Bible of Stephen. And uh, as he was getting stoned, and he's looking up and says, I see heaven as the worst thing in his life is going on. And he's, I see heaven. Like, you know, that's all he can focus on. Not, not the stones that are being thrown at him. Not what physically is happening in his body. But he can just, all he can look up in, in awe of like, oh my gosh, look at that. I'm about to step into that. I can't believe it, you know? And so, I don't know where everybody's at in here, but I think sometimes we we lose the sight of heaven and we start focusing on what is going on in our lives in this physical realm. We're not physical, even though we're standing here. We're spiritual beings. And so I feel like the Lord wanted to remind us of that this morning, that we our battle is spiritual. It's not this body. And no matter what's going on in this body or to this body, we need to look at heaven and go, God, look at, look at what you've created in heaven for me. Look at what I'm going to step into maybe today, maybe tomorrow, 10 years, 20, 30, whatever it may be for any of us. Who knows? You know? But I just feel like the Lord wanted to remind us this morning is to always focus on Him. Always look to heaven no matter what's going on in our situation. Thank you, Jake. That was a powerful word. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into uh, the throne room this morning. You know, sometimes we get in a hurry to, to leave that place, but that's, man, that's the place where the magic happens, you know? Amen. That's where Jesus gets some stuff done in us, breaks some things off of us, moves some things, shifts some things. And uh, I needed that this morning because I got to tell you the truth, my body's tired this morning. <laughs> I don't know if it's just the hour or just getting a little older, but I'm, I'm tired this morning. So, so thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit this morning. Thank you for the empowerment of, of your presence, God. And I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick with this today, Dan. Get your, I got some jewelry up here. There we go. Well, it's a great honor again to be able to share uh, my heart with you guys this morning. I do, uh, feel like I have a very current word, you know, for the body of Christ. Um, for those who weren't here the last time I shared, um, it was probably a couple of months back. I was in the shower. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent of, you know, a six and a four-year-old, so my prayer closet is now the shower. Um, it's, it's about the only time I get alone with God anymore um, that my kids will actually respect that time. Um, well, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but I was in the shower about two or three months ago, and I was just talking with the Lord, and, and I was just asking him about the things that are going on in the world, and, and you know, and, and we were having a good conversation, and eventually he just started telling me about a reformation that's coming, 
that the next great reformation is coming to the earth and it's coming to the body of Christ. And um, last week I kind of just shared the, the first three things that he dropped in my heart. And um, in this reformation, he told me that he's taken us from a transactional Christianity to a transformational Christianity. And I talked about the first th- three things um, last, I think it was on the 28th or so. If, if, if you missed that, I encourage you, please go back, look us up on Facebook at Living Way Foursquare Church, or look us up at YouTube. You can see it there as well. But um, powerful word um, about moving us from a relationship with the rules to a relationship with God and, and knowing who we are as sons and daughters of God. Finally, killing legalism and getting rid of that thing. Um, and then he's taken us from a selfish gain motive that tra- that becomes a transactional quid pro quo with God. I'll serve you if you do this. And he's taken us into a, a life of servant life where we lay our lives down for Christ, where we say, Lord, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done in my life and in the world. And then the last thing I talked about was he's moving us from a self-confidence to a God-confidence, which we talked about how self-confidence is only as big as we are. But God-confidence, which is faith, is as big as God is. You know, um, I shared a little bit about how David, you know, killed Goliath and how he came with God-confidence to do that because in the natural that wasn't, even gonna it wasn't gonna happen there was a whole army that was terrified but they were well trained they had self-confidence but they didn't have god confidence and so god is calling us as a people if we're going to move into the next reformation in this next season we're going to have to have god confidence on the inside of us not just self-confidence and so i'm excited because god confidence is it releases that supernatural courage that we need It's not a courage that we can stir up in ourselves. It's something, it's a gift from heaven. It's an ability to see things through heaven's perspective, like Jake was talking about. So even though we're getting beat up, even though things are not going our way, we actually can view things through the lens of heaven and not just from the lens of earth. So important for where God's taken us. And so today I'm just going to share two more. I've got seven things total that he told me, but... I've been praying on these last two things, and I'll just be honest with you, I don't feel ready yet to release them. Uh, I think God's still working some things in me and trying to reveal some things to me. So today I'm going to give you the next two things that I, I, I do feel like God has, has shared with me. And the first thing this morning, we're going to go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to get rid of this gum. Oh, well. There we go. You can tell I'm not the uh, experienced speaker that John is. Uh, he, he probably knows to get rid of that beforehand, but I'm learning, so bear with me. All right. So 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, 
unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of what's good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, from such people turn away. Does this sound familiar? I mean, does this sound like the times we live in or what? God gave me this scripture text and he gave me a word. He said that in transactional Christianity, there is form without power. There's this, this thing that it's a mindset that professes to believe in God's supernatural power, yet it separates ourselves from the responsibility of being transformed by that same power. The good news, there's always good news, right? There's good news is if we find ourselves partnering with any of this today, you are one step away from getting right with God. And that's just simply repent. To turn away and turn towards God. That's it. That's the good news of the gospel. It doesn't matter how far we've gone. It doesn't matter how much we've gotten into this mindset. It's as simple as saying, God, forgive me. And Lord, change my heart. Change my mind. And teach me how to live in your supernatural kingdom full of power see because god has taken us to transformational christianity so he's taken us from form without power and he's taken us to supernatural empowered living through the power of the holy spirit listen there's been a lot of things we, we talked about last time all the reformations well not all of them but a few of the big reformations that god has done throughout time and it seems like <laughs> human nature has not changed very much since the beginning. You see, like, I think of the children of Israel a lot. Like, they saw the power of God. I mean, they witnessed it with their own eyes. They saw, I mean, just amazing. The, the, the entire Nile turned to blood. They I mean, they saw the pestilence and the plagues and all the things that God did through his mighty power. They saw it with their own eyes. And then they, they get set free from Egypt. And here comes the first obstacle. And what do they do? Instantly. Hey, let's go back to Egypt. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> it's like we have amnesia sometimes. Like we forget the mud pits, we forget the whip, we forget all the things that God took us from. And we want to go back to, it's not even comfort, it's just familiar. God is breaking us away from what's familiar. We have to set down the familiar if we want to see the new if we want to see the power of God move in our lives today. See, I think of the disciples. 
These guys were just average Joes. Thank God that he just chose some average Joes. Is anybody with me on that? Like, there's all these scholars, there's all these people that, that he could have chose, but he's like, hey, let's go find some fishermen. They're, they're not the most scholarly people in the world, especially in that day. So he's like, no, let's go use them. And so God is trying to bring us to the place where we understand the power that is, is upon us through the Holy Spirit. See, we had Pentecost, and Pentecost changed the game forever. It changed everything. But if we don't have a revelation of what Pentecost is and what it did, then we will live a powerless life. We will have a form of godliness, but we will deny the power of it. And so this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. The life of Christ has called us into one of empowerment. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, most of us know this, but in the Greek, the word endued means to be arrayed or clothed with power. Like God clothes us with power. He wraps us in power. That's good news. Acts 1 and 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, when our eyes are open to this revelation of being clothed and covered by God's power through the Holy Spirit, a whole new world of manifestations of God's miraculous power becomes the reality in our life. Oh, man. See, Peter, Peter was a chicken before the Holy Spirit. You know, I found it interesting that, you know, God used the rooster crowing three times to deal with, because, boy, that guy was a chicken. I mean, children come up to him and accuse him, and he's like, no, it wasn't me. He's afraid of everybody. He doesn't want to proclaim Christ. He doesn't want to stand up and say, yeah, I'm his follower. I am a Christian. I am a believer in Christ Jesus. He hides. He runs away. But then on, after Pentecost, man, the same Peter, the same guy stands up and preaches in the power of the Holy Spirit and 3,000 people come to Jesus in one day. This is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This is the power that God wants to clothe us all in. This is how we need to live our lives. This is what's going to take us into the next reformation, the next thing that God has wanted to do upon the earth, to where we're not spectators. But we're transformers. This world needs to be transformed. The mission from the very beginning has not changed. <laughs> Go, take dominion. Transform this kingdom of earth into the kingdom of heaven. Bring heaven to earth. It's, it's the same. 
how do we do it? Can we do it in our own power? No. Listen, we've tried this for a long time. We've tried to do it with our theology, with our minds, with all the, the bells and whistles that we can think of. We have tried to do it. But listen, the only way that we're going to see this world transformed is by allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. To have complete control and to put our faith in him. The empowered believer lives from the security of being a child of God so that doing the supernatural is natural. Listen. If we don't know who we are, if we don't settle that once for all, if we don't start being, the doing is not going to happen. See, before the Holy Spirit, Peter, he was still questioning who he was. He didn't know. He wasn't being who God had created him to be. But after the Holy Spirit, that was settled. And so once he knew who he was, it was easy for him to release who his dad was. You know, you don't have to convince me, my father's in the room, you don't have to convince me he's my father. I know my father. We have to know our father. We have to know him. So what's the fruit of a supernaturally empowered life? Well, I love that the the scripture tells us in Galatians chapter 5 what the fruits of the spirit are. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That sounds awfully different from that first list in Timothy, right? (laughs) That's what the world's supposed to look like. That's what we're supposed to be transforming our, our families, our lives, are supposed to be resembling and producing this fruit. We, we have to get to the point where we understand that the Holy Spirit is more interested in the fruit we're producing than any gift or any talent or anything that we possess in the natural. The Bible tells us that you will know them by their their fruit. Not their gifts. Not their eloquent speech. Thank you, Jesus. All of us from West Texas will be instantly crossed off that list. (laughs) God's power is truly revealed when our lives are transformed to release the nature of our God. See, that list is the nature of who God is. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is long-suffering. He's faithfulness and goodness. He's self-controlled. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I talked about last time about how he was in the garden knowing the suffering he was about to face. And he had the self-control to say, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Takes a lot of self control. 
The next thing that God put on my heart to share today is that in transition, transactional Christianity, we operate in conditional love. Our love has conditions. But in transformational Christianity, it operates in unconditional love. Conditional love says, I'm willing to put away, I'm willing to pull away from our connection under certain circumstances. Conditional love allows us to simply throw people away. The truth is, is that the more intimate you know someone, the more clearly you can see their flaws. Right, Felicia? Yeah, that's why marriages fail, children are abandoned, friendships are very brief nowadays. We often love until the person runs out of money, acts irrationally, or simply no longer brings us joy. But love is something totally different. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. For now I know in part, but then I will know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Man, God help us. Help us to love the way he loves. Unconditional love says, no matter what you do, I'm going to pursue the goal of connection with you. See, because it's not about agreement. You could just look, if you're married, just look next to you, and you'll know that love is not always about agreement. If you've been married more than one day, you know love is not always about agreement. (laughs) But Jesus demonstrated unconditional love perfectly. In Romans 5 and 8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
we were the most God-hating, unloving, reckless, Christ died for us. In that moment, he died for us. Not on our best day. Not when we were having, you know, the, that, that thing that's, man, I'm a good person. No, it was on our very worst day that Christ said, I'm going to die for us. That's love. 1 John 4, 7 through 11 says, Those who are loved by God, let this love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to, to be the pleasing sacrifice, sacrifice offering to take away our sins. Listen, God is love. His love is unconditional. If it was conditional, I promise you, he wouldn't have went through what he did. There's no way. You know, after becoming a father, it made me think even more about Father God, how he could send his son to suffer in that way. If love was conditional, there's no way. No way. But his love is unconditional. And the church is being called to a place where we're going to have to demonstrate the unconditional love of Christ. If we want to see the world transformed, if we want to see our culture shifted and changed, if we want to see things go back into balance to where righteousness and justice are at the forefront, it's going to start with a mighty move of unconditional love. Now, unconditional love is not being apathetic or disregarding of dangerous or harmful behavior or sin. It's, it's not that. But it does maintain a posture of grace and forgiveness no matter what. No matter what. No matter how nasty the person's being, no matter what. Love says, I'm going to keep my love on towards this person. I'm going to give them always the opportunity for forgiveness and restoration and reconciliation because that's the heart of Jesus. He never leaves us or forsakes us. It's sad that for a long time Christians have had the reputation of, of killing the wounded. When something goes wrong, we don't like something, we just shove them out the door. I'm done with you. Cut people off. And that's not God. 
That's not who he is, and that's not who we're called to be. We have to find out. We have to learn to walk in this kind of love. Unconditional love releases the supernatural power of God to soften even the hardest of hearts. I think everybody in this room, if you if you think through your life, there's been somebody who showed you unconditional love. Someone showed you the unconditional love of Christ. And that's probably why you're here today. That probably is the one person is why you're here today. It's why you came to Jesus. Is because somebody showed you the unconditional love of Christ. For me, it was my nana. Didn't matter what I did. She loved me. She loved me. Who can we be that to? Who's in our lives that we can be that to? Not just our kids, not just the people we like, not just the people that we have similar personalities. (laughs) Who are the ones that actually need us to step over ourselves? to die for them, to love them the way Jesus loved us. There's somebody in your life right now, I promise you. And I feel like that's what God is asking me to ask this morning, is when are we going to do what he's called us to do? When are we going to love like he's called us to love? This is hard, man. This is not the message that you get and you go, all right, I get to go share this. It's the one that hurts when you hear it, first of all. Because there's people in my life that I have to do a better job of loving. There's some people I've even walked away from in the past that I need to reach out to and find out how they're doing. See, God has a no man left behind mentality. He doesn't want to leave anyone behind. He's done everything he can possibly do to ensure that every single person on this planet is able to step into eternity like Stephen did with him. He said, over my dead body will you go to hell. And you have to actually step over his dead body to get there. The coming reformation, it's going to come with a cost. To present an authentic representation of Jesus always keeps, creates a knife-like atmosphere for those who live in darkness. It's going to make a lot of people unhappy and uncomfortable. God is asking us to choose him over all other things. You'll pay the price, but you will be glad to pay it.
God's focus has never been on teaching us things that fit into our grid or our understanding. His intent is to deliver us from our grid and our understanding. To transplant and transform us from the natural to the supernatural. We're called to live a supernatural life. The life of Christ. What is a supernatural life? Sometimes we make it into it's only it's only limbs regrown. It's only blind eyes opened. It's only the miraculous as we see it. But let me tell you, there's still no greater miracle than a heart changed. There's not one greater miracle on this earth than someone coming into relationship with Jesus Christ. Stepping from death into life. From depression into hope. See, we neglect those miracles. We think of them as less. But those are the things that matter the most. Those are the things that have an eternal value to them. That is, it's not just for here. So I have two questions today. I left you with three last time. I'll leave you with two today. Will we position ourselves to be transformed by the Holy Spirit? Will we actually submit our lives to God so that the Holy Spirit can flow in us and through us? We'll never see a blind-eyed open if we never pray for a blind man. You'll never see the lame walk if you don't pray for the lame. If we don't step in to the power of the Holy Spirit, if we don't move in faith, we cannot be this people, this supernatural people that God is calling us to be. Next question is, will we choose to love unconditionally? It's a choice. It's a choice. Everything in our lives is a choice. Everything is a choice. That's the goodness of God. He didn't, he didn't want us to be slaves. He wanted us to be sons, so he gives us choices. And so the question is, will we choose to love unconditionally? Will we choose to love people in their brokenness, in their messiness, in their downright stubborn, whatever you want to say it is, Will you be the person that looks past all the dirt and sees gold in somebody and says, I'm going to love you no matter what? Let's stand. You know, I, I don't want to um, assume that everybody here today has accepted Jesus as Lord. I never want to assume that. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never surrendered your life to Him, today's your day. Today's your day.
That's the good news. You don't have to wait till you get it together. You don't have to wait till you figure out how to love people unconditionally. You don't have to wait. Because if you try to do it on your own, it's not going to happen. So today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. At the end of our service, we're going to have our leaders up here. And if, if you've never given your life to Christ, I would lo- love for you to come up here and talk with one of our leaders. And they're going to lead you into a relationship with Jesus and tell you what that means. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to speak to your great people. Lord, I don't take it lightly, and I ask, Father, that every word, Lord, would be, Lord, taken in in the heart of love. Father, I pray, Lord, that as as we think about these questions, as we think about this, this transformational Christianity, God, I pray, Lord, that you position us to receive what you're pouring out, God. And, Father, that you would expand our capacity to understand and to move in your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for a special blessing on every person, Lord. I pray, Father, where, where there has been any kind of break in relationships, hurt, Lord, from maybe a, a conditional love environment, I pray, Father, that you would bring healing to those people and to those situations, God. And, Lord, we speak blessings over this, this great people over these sons and daughters. And Lord, we ask that, Father, as we leave here today, that we leave empowered, clothed in your power, God, knowing that everything is possible to those who believe. And Lord, we just thank you, God, that if you weren't, if, it, if you were going to give us this word, Lord, it means that you're ready for us to step out and to actually see the things occur. So Lord, we thank you for partnering with us to see the kingdom of heaven established on this earth. In Jesus' name, be blessed. If you need thing, whether it be like for salvation or whether you just have a need in your body,